This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Keep Screaming, a horror podcast where we, well, <laughs> I, where, I had it, I had where it. two best friends yeah. dissect slasher movies one, one by one. one. Yeah, I had it. I literally he had the page up, and I, ugh, so bad. So bad. You could never be an actor. No. You can't memorize I, lines. I did, I was, I acted forever at with space, and I like, I distinctly have a memory of one time where I procrastinated procrastinated and didn't memorize my monologue before practice and i memorized it on the way to practice but i think between then and now i've just filled my head with so much useless crap that there's no more room it's stuck like there's no more room to say one short line that you say every two weeks i filled up my head with too many secret identities from superhero (laughs) comics and i have nothing left uh if you are a new listener uh, this is a horror podcast where we, uh, B and I, my name is Ryan, this is my co-host B. Hi. Uh, we dissect slasher movies every week one by one, so we take one movie and then we kind of thoroughly go through that movie and at the end we will rank it. Uh, B does, uh, posters and art for these that you can buy at our website, which is keepscreaming.com, which also has little profiles on us, uh, it has details on the movies, it has our list and the breakdown, all of our social media handles. Uh, which you can find us on Twitter at ScreamingCast. And then, of course, you can always find us on Apple. I uh, What do they call it now? I mean, it's Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts, yeah. I mean. Um, but we are Keep Screaming. And if you're a returning listener, thank you for returning. We appreciate you guys. And, like, we are still having fun with everyone reaching out to us. I know uh, we asked people what we should watch for this one, and we actually got a lot of responses. So that yeah. was super cool. So thank you guys. We didn't um, listen to any of you. I think someone did say Hatchet, didn't they? Did they? Oh, we're, this week's Hatchet, guys. Oh, yeah, it's Hatchet. Um, I know we got... Well, someone suggested The Burning, which I was like, that's oh, so yeah. great, but there's no way we'll be able to get the Blu-ray. I also really want to do The Burning in summer, because I want to get that feel. That it's such like a feel. Yeah, well, well, and it's such a summer movie. Yeah, I mean, it's set at summer camp. Yeah, so, um, but that was a great suggestion. And then there was another one, too. Did we get Leslie Vernon? I feel like we did. I don't know. Somebody suggested, <clears throat> like, Dawn of the Dead. I'm like, that's not a slasher. And they're like, oh, okay. I think that was Tony. <laughs> oh, Like, on yeah, Twitter, though. Yeah. So he confused me. <laughs> yeah. Our friend Tony. Thanks, Tony. Well, thanks yeah. for listening, if you're listening. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we, uh, every week we will take a slasher, like I said, and then, uh, we kind of start off though with a pop culture check-in where we talk about the things that we did that were not watching the slasher. Um, a lot of times it does revolve around horror, but we definitely branch out into other things because we are both very hardcore pop culture inundated. So we read a lot, we listen to a lot, uh, we watch a whole lot. When we can. Um, sometimes our lives get really busy. B had a busy, busy last couple of weeks. So I know that she was listening. She she was reading with her ears yes. a lot of books. Um, she's yes. a big audiobook fan. So B, kick us off. Yeah, so I am a big audiobook person. I love it. Um, so I uh, started Into the Water by Paula Hawkins, which is the woman who wrote, wrote uh, Girl on a Train, which I 
read and really enjoyed um, the whole Gone Girl-esque untrustworthy narrator. Like, sign me up. I love it. I don't care if everybody's knocking it off. Please keep knocking it off. I really enjoy enjoy that sort of like writing theme. And that's how Girl on a Train was and Into the Water somewhat like that. But it's, it's kind of like... Um, Stephen King's like under the dome. It's mm. told from the entire perspective oh, yeah, of the yeah. entire town. And although the audiobook was very good and did have multiple narrators, it is very hard to keep track when you're listening to a book from so many mm-hmm. different perspectives until you know the characters really, really well. But I'd kept I'd keep going like, oh God, what that person's talking to something. I should be picking up on this because it's a mystery. Um, it was really good. I super enjoyed it. Um, so you finished it? I finished oh, it, okay, yeah. Okay. Um, I went through it. It was like 25 hours or something. Maybe a little bit longer. But it was really good. I quite enjoyed it. Um, if you like that whole theme of the untrustworthy narrator, mysteries, um, it takes place in England, like by a river. And it's got this whole theme of uh, uh, the drowning pool about women who like commit suicide um, in this town and they're kind of famous for it so it does kind of have some horror nods to it too um then I listened to keep her safe by Sophie Hannah and I listened to it this is like one I just sort of impulse bought because the the writer um Leanne Moriarty of Big Little Lies uh. um she like wrote a little excerpt on it and recommended it um I liked it it was all right um, I think it was hard to follow up on Into the Water. It's another mystery. It's about, in fact, a British woman like traveling overseas. She leaves her like husband and her two kids for like a vacation, and goes to this like amazing resort in Arizona, and stumbles upon a girl like a famous seven-year-old who was murdered by her parents. But then she sees her at this resort, and so it's sort of like. How all of that interacts and becomes the story of, like, this American, like, famous American girl who should be dead and is not dead and is at some really fancy resort in that Arizona. That's a weird plot line. It's a really weird plot line. Also, like, I think... really specific. <laughs> yeah. I just really made me want to go on vacation even more than I already do. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, so burnt out on, like, work and I just really want to go on vacation. And it's cold and I hate the cold. And she was at this, like warm resort in Arizona I'm like I need I need that I need to lay by a pool for like five days and do nothing but lay yeah I want some poolside action yeah I like winter no because I look really good in winter clothes oh god just saying but I summer is easily the best season so I'm definitely ready well I mean it's like tied with fall because fall has Halloween but summer's the best because it's just it's laying out by the pool and having your doors open all summer. Yeah, I agree. Summer's best, yes. and I need it. Hurry up, summer. Uh, and then I started again, um, Sharp Objects by Jillian Flynn, uh, the writer of Gone Girl. Uh, I haven't read that one. I've read, I don't think I have. I've read Gone Girl, and I've read Dark Places. Uh, dark Objects? Dark Objects. No, this one's Sharp Objects. Dark oh. Places. The one yeah. And Charlize Theron was in like a random movie for that. Did you know that? There's a movie on that one too? Or is that this one? No. Okay, so this one, Sharp Objects, is why you need to read it is because it is becoming a movie or like an HBO movie 
starring Amy Adams, and it was filmed in our hometown. Oh, I did. Okay, yeah. I heard about this one. So we like they were doing yeah, a casting yeah, yeah. call, and it was like filmed where we're from, which is a big deal because we're from like a little small town. So, uh, I mean, I loved Gone Girl. I just haven't gotten to it. So I started reading it, but I bought it on my iPad, like as a digital book, uh-huh. and I always forget about that. Like I never use my iPad to read. And I was like, I was like on my iPad, like bored the other night, and I like looked up, and I was like, oh, well, and I'm like, oh my god, I forgot that I started this book on here, and so that's what I'm physically reading because I did finally finish, um, which I talked about already, my best friend's exorcism. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so I've really just been like reading and slash listening a ton. Um, I did watch Black Mirror, the new season. I can't um, watch that show. It gives me horrible anxiety. Yeah, it's. I am like. <sighs> I mean, self-plug, my website, Ghastly Grinning, is their tagline is make horror happy because I got to a place where I was like, I have to look at things from a positive lens, like through a positive lens now because all this negative dystopian shit is crushing my soul. So I watched like an episode of Black Mirror and I was like, this is not the show for me. No, they do have some like happy ending episodes. I've heard that and, and... I, I want to go through and watch those. And I, I know once I get to a place... I'm very close to a place where I can watch them, but I guarantee I will never be able to just, like, stream that show. Like, there's no way I can just, like, sit there. Oh, no. We're, um, my husband and I watched it, um, and it's kind of nice because it's like a movie, but a short movie, which I enjoy. Because I don't have a lot of time, so it's really hard to sit down and watch, like, some of these, like, two, two and a half hour dramas. So you kind of get that with Black Mirror. Uh, I really liked Archangel. That was like a. I heard that one was yeah, one of the best. Yeah, so that one's like a really lighthearted. Okay. I mean, it's. Sad, and I want to watch the USS McAllister one, the Star oh. Trek like riff. Yeah, I want to watch that one. I mean, that one's like effed up, but it's good. Yeah. It's really good. They started off strong, so I really enjoyed it. I think there's only like one episode. I skipped around, kind of for the same reason. Like I can only handle so much. Um, but yeah, that's what I watch. I watch other stuff. We watch Scream. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I've managed to watch it before every single... I've like, watched it a lot every lately. Time every time it. we record, I'm like, oh, yeah, I watch Scream. It was Bee's birthday, um, so we had... Yes. It's, and our, our very good friend, Derek, so we had a joint birthday party and watched Scream and Hatchet and The Big Lebowski, yeah. at least part of The Big Lebowski. Yeah, so we, we, picked our, we picked our favorite movies to watch. At. We had a slumber party theme, mm-hmm. birthday party. We made pizza and... It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. <clears throat> um let's see i watched i finally watched rick and morty because all my friends told me to watch it and i love community so i finally just sat down and powered through the Wait, first season what's that have to do with community dan Harmon wrote it and created it yeah Ew. so uh very much uh, even my wife who is not a huge fan of like adult cartoons she was sitting there and she's like why are we watching this and i was like i don't know all of our friends love it i'm gonna give it a shot and then we were sitting there and we're like three episodes in and she's like this is really funny and i was like oh it's written by the guy who wrote Community, so you probably like it because we both love Community, and she's she was totally bought in after that. Especially if there's just like vo- like tons of voice actors that you obviously like know, um, like Dave Cross shows up to do a voice, and Keith David, and it's really really super good. Um, very highbrow, like very highbrow humor mixed with like total like lowbrow humor um and it blends blends perfectly with pop culture so i enjoyed that a lot um i watched the midnight man which is a newer horror movie with robert england and lynn shea where 
Um, Lin Shay plays like basically an older woman who is senile now and her granddaughter lives with her to take care of her. And her granddaughter stumbles across this game that Lin Shay's character played as a child where they summon the Midnight Man. Um, it's okay. It's, it, it is a, it's not on Netflix yet. I rented it, but it would be a perfectly acceptable, like, this is a midday Netflix movie. Like, this is something I throw on while I'm doing chores. Um, I mean, Robert England's always great. Lin Shay acts her heart out. Some of the monster effects are pretty cool. Uh, it's it's nothing like amazing, but it's it's definitely like serviceable. Uh, I watched Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. I think it's been like ten years since I last watched it. Um, God, that movie is so good and does such a good job at breaking down the slasher genre. You know, you keep at like Ben keeps asking what what what's a slasher. He needs to watch this I mean, when I we watch seen it. it either, so <gasps> I know. Oh my god, yeah. yeah. So he needs to watch it when we watch this because it's like everything. It's everything that a slasher is, and they deconstruct and they break it down so well. And then like there's a twist, like three quarters of the way through that I forgot about, and I was like, oh my god, I forgot how good, like how smart this movie is. Kane Hodder's in it. Robert Englund's in it, who are both cameos. Well, one of them is a star of the movie we're talking about today, so that's fun. Uh, and then I'm a huge wrestling fan. The Royal Rumble was this weekend, so I watched that. Ronda Rousey debuted using a Rowdy Roddy Piper theme. I'm super all about it, and I love it. And if you want to tweet at me about wrestling, you can. At Ryan Larson on Twitter, because I will totally talk to you all day about wrestling. Uh, but yeah, that is our check-in. So we're going to move on to the movie. Uh, we start off with the synopsis provided to us from, usually, IMDb. Yes, again. So, I guess technically this isn't the synopsis, this is the storyline, because every time a synopsis really is just like a one line, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, that's just not enough. Enough. So, here's the storyline from an Always Anonymous oh, on always, IMDb. Yeah. Uh, a motley crew of tourists embark on a boat ride of the haunted Louisiana bayous, where they learn the terrifying tale of local legend Victor Crowley a horribly disfigured man who was tragically and accidentally killed with a hatchet by the hands of his own father. But when the boat sinks and the ghost story turns out to be real, the group tries desperately to escape the swamp with their lives and all of their pieces. Uh, It was released in 06, April 27th of 06. It debuted at the Tribeca Film Festival with a $1.5 million budget, only grossed about $209,000 at the box office. But it has definitely gone on to be, like, a cult classic. Um, I mean, it's spawned three sequels at this point. The new one comes out soon, February yes, 12th, I think it ships. Festivals. Yeah, it's yeah. Already, it premiered last year in the Blu-ray shipping, I think, February 12th. And um, I guarantee this movie has made its money back on, like, Blu-ray and DVD sales because it's very well, low regarded. Otherwise, it wouldn't be spawning sequel yeah, yeah, exactly. after sequel. Yeah, so, I mean, it has 50%... Uh, reception on like Rotten Tomatoes but I think it's like important to note which Ryan and I will talk about it because of the way we watched it this time is that when it was in Fantastic Fest in Austin the film sold out both nights resulting in them bringing out extra folding chairs so that more people could see it and it won the audience award for best picture as well as jury prizes for best actor for Kane Hodder and best special effects so it's so it's so interesting for me, and one of the reasons why I love the horror community is that 
50% of Rotten Tomatoes really not that bad. I mean, it's fine. It's not great, but it's fine. It's a uh, failing it grade be... anywhere else, but yeah. Rotten Tomatoes, it's like a C. Yeah, like it's fine for Rotten Tomatoes. But then you look at that and like you see the amount of money it makes. You see it's Rotten Tomatoes, but then you see that it like sold out both nights and they were literally putting out folding chairs and it's winning awards at festivals. This is a film for the fans mm-hmm. of the genre, uh-huh. and I think it's harder to convince people because of the budget um, to love this and see it for what it really is, which is an exceptional slasher film. And it's a, it's a love letter oh, to eighties yes, to American eighties slashers, yeah. and it's funny because. I've watched this movie a lot. I've actually seen it like four or five times, and I've usually watched it with groups of horror fans. Well, we watched it at B's birthday party, and our friend Dalton was there. And mm-hmm. Dalton is, I would, he's a, I would say he's like your general audience, like your general moviegoer. He's not like in love with movies. He's definitely getting more involved because he's been acting. Um, but he's definitely not a horror fan by any stretch. Yeah. And his reaction to this movie for me was mind-boggling yeah. like i was getting annoyed and upset because i was like it's he 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 at one point said it was the worst movie he's ever seen and i was like you have not seen that many movies then because this is nowhere even close to the worst movie that i've ever seen and it's not even close to the worst slasher not even close to the worst horror movie like not even not even close to the worst Kane Hodder movie. I was going to say. Yeah, like there are so many <laughs> different... Kane Hodder has been in worse yeah, movies Yeah, exactly. There are so many different things that I was like, this is so much better than so many categories it could fall into. I don't understand. But like B said, like it is interesting to look at something that virtually made no money, like failed by all, like by every yeah. measurable um, factor and is still successful because of the horror community. Um and just how differently, like, horror fans look at things. And it's funny, too, because, like, I'll be talking with some of my writers, and I'll be, even me, who I am very judgmental, I've tried to be less in the last couple of years, but I'll be like, God, that movie is terrible. And they're like, I don't know, I kind of liked it for this reason and this reason. And I'm like, really? Like, I thought that would be a movie everyone hated, and they totally enjoyed it. So uh, it's just, yeah, it is different. Like, being a horror fan, I think, I think you just, you end up looking at movies a little, um, with a little more leniency. <laughs> I think you have to if you're going to enjoy the genre as a whole. Yeah. Um, I guess you could be one of those people who just like subjects themselves to only like super high quality horror, but you're really narrowing uh, the genre down that way. Well, and I mean, for me, I tend to favor, like, I am more forgiving to a film that's glossy and new mm. um and is like well filmed and has a higher budget i'm more forgiving to it because i enjoy looking at it that's yeah. just and that's probably part of my age too yeah so how young i am like i watch like i i'll talk about it our next episode because i did start it and i do want to finish but i started wish upon but oh, i didn't have time oh. to finish it and i mean already i can tell like I'm probably going to like it more than the general audience because I I enjoy the higher budget like glossy the films. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, production. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for me to, I think it's even more a testament to the success of a film when it is so low budget and it's still such a quality film. Right. That and you I, just like, that doesn't matter. Right. And props to Adam Green too, the director for this movie, because like it does look good and mm-hmm. it's a very low budget, but like you can tell that he put a lot into like making sure his sets 
were aesthetically pleasing and mm-hmm. like and like even the sets lend themselves to the genre a lot like it's a lot of alleyways it's a lot of you know swamp bayou with like fog and like cabins it's mm-hmm. it's it's cool um b mentioned it once uh, best special effects and it's in the trivia later but i was looking up um adam green had a no cgi role so there is no cg in this movie except to remove wires from certain shots so they're not in the shot but other than that the entire movie is practical practical. effects which makes sense because the blood gets outrageous Mm -hmm. um and you can tell it's basically just people throwing buckets of bloods on wall but yeah but i love that like i love that he was like we're not using practical like he obviously had a very restrained budget and knew he could or we're not using cg Mm -hmm. and he knew he couldn't so um the tagline is old school american horror which i think is wholly appropriate Mm -hmm. um in the in the poster for the movie is pretty basic yeah uh it is a bloody it's not even a hatchet it's a bloody double-sided axe Mm -hmm. uh so yeah very it kind of tells you everything right there uh it's fine it's okay (laughs) it's not the best i'm sure b has some thoughts on the font (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they do a little bit better on, like, the theatrical poster than they do on the DVD release. The posters get better. They, like, put Victor Crowley, like, on the cover, and I think that's where it should be. Yeah. Um, it's It looks like something that was done in Photoshop yep. in, like, ten minutes. Uh, it it sucks <laughs> it's it tells you what the movie is this is a movie about a guy killing people with an axe it doesn't though like people think this is about the kid oh no that's true yeah that's like, really weird it, i didn't even think of that no it's oh my this god this too easily can be confused with the gary paulson gary paulson yeah, 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 yeah novel yeah, yeah. hatchet which please all of you go to youtube right now and type in hatchet trailer and then read the comments to the trailer for this film because it is amazing it is so many like 13 year olds confused because they are looking for the movie version of the book they're forced to read hatchet by gary paulson and they're finding this and i don't think it ever had a movie i think there's like a movie like but it's called something else Uh, like loosely based on it which it is kind of weird that they never made a movie yeah it. it was like, I mean, I every, feel like it's in every sixth grade library across yeah. the country. But it's amazing. Like, so many of them seem slightly traumatized. Like, what is this? What am I watching? Yeah, I don't understand why they didn't put... Crowley's literally not on the cover until the third one. Yeah. But that Scream Factory cover. Yeah. I think that's Scream Factory. It looks like it. Um, it's super dope. I'm not fan art. It's cool. Um, there were three sequels. Well, one is not out yet. Victor Crowley is coming out, like we said. And then uh, Hatchet 2 came out in 2010. Hatchet 3 came out in 2013. It's also part of the trivia, but I'll just drop it in now. Uh, all the, If you watch them back to back, it's it takes place within about two to three days. Um, so they all take place very, very close to each other, almost like picking up immediately where the last movie dropped off. So they are meant to be watched um, that way. So... That's a fun little fact. Not a lot of horror movies do that. I feel like Halloween 2 is one of the few that did that. Um, Andy Garfield, not Andrew Garfield, the man who played Spider-Man, but Andy Garfield did the score. He did Frozen? Oh, oh, Adam Adam Green's Green's movie, Frozen. Frozen. I was like, what? Almost Human, Chillerama, Hatchet 2. This is a genre guy for sure. And also an Adam Adam Green Green guy. guy. Yeah. Yeah. If you guys don't know about Adam Green, he's like... I mean, he's very passionate about the genre. Him and Joe Lynch 
if you're into the genre at all, you probably know about them because they do a, a podcast called The Movie Crypt, and it was one of the very first like horror movie podcasts, and they're both super big like fans of pretty much all like all fantasy sci-fi all that kind of stuff he had a show on like chiller called holliston which was literally about it was a sitcom based on horror tropes um and he's done he's very very big as far as like independent horror goes he's one of the biggest names as far as like independent goes so he's done um I mean, yeah, B has all of his movies listed here. Yeah, so it's weird. Coffee and Donuts is like this semi-autobiographical work of his, like comedy, sitcom, and he was working on it, and that's what, like, convinced him to try and move to L.A. and, like, make a go at, like, a career, and, like, nothing ended up really coming up with it, coming out of it, and Hatchet is his first feature film, Mm. which baffles me every time i watch it i'm like but how like how did you get kane hotter how did you get robert england like how and i've like even looked and and probably he's probably talked about it somewhere and if somebody has like a link to that little soundbite i would love to hear it because i'm like super curious because from everything that i've read about him he just there's no explanation oh for like how he how he just got these legends yeah. of the industry. Yeah, I, I feel like it just has to be because I've seen, I mean, I've seen numerous interviews with him. I've watched everything he's ever done. And he's also been very active on Twitter with like communicating with me as far as Ghastly Grinning goes because we posted the Victor Crowley review when it debuted at a fest in New York. And he was like super, like just so friendly and like, reached out to us and has always commented on like our twitter whenever you mention him same with joe lynch both these guys are just like class acts yeah uh but i feel like it's just i i if i i feel like he's the type of person that if i sat in a room with him and he pitched me it i would have been like oh i'm sold yeah uh but i would love to know like so if you guys know or if you know where we can read about it or hear about it just yeah. reach out at screaming cast and tell us because i'm yeah i'm super curious because watching the movie like i'm sure both of them and obviously kane hotter reprised his role so he was happy with it and it's great if i was robert england i wouldn't have been disappointed in oh, yeah, the yeah. film at all but that's still like such a risk to take with a uh first time director um when you are like such an iconic you don't just pick any movie to cameo in. It's very you know? interesting too because like Hotter is very. It's this movie is a riff of Friday the Thirteenth. It is like hardcore. Yeah. So you're not only asking him to come be on your movie when you're that it's your first feature film, but you're saying like you're kind of going to play Jason. Yeah, you're playing a version of Jason. You're playing Swamp Jason instead of Lake Jason. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so I'd be I I would be interested to know. Uh, his next movie after this was Spiral, which he co-directed with Joel David Moore, who's the star of Hatchet. Uh, it's it's more of a psychological thriller. Um, then he was commissioned to write an Aquaman screenplay. Did not know this. I would love to read it because I can't even imagine what the hell it would be like. Yeah, like WB commis- commissioned him. Commissioned? I, yeah, that's the right word. Yeah, commissioned I him and it just ended up not being produced. But He definitely has a style, so I'd like to know how he applied that to Aquaman. Uh, he did Frozen, not the Disney Very movie. Uh, yeah, it, it's also, it's that. it's a horror. It's about three kids who get stuck on a ski lift and it's Kevin, way better than it Kevin sounds. Kevin Zeggers. And, uh, right? And, and Ashmore. Ashmore. Yeah, one I of them. Um, Sean, Sean or... I think it's Sean. It's the less famous one, I think. I, that doesn't mean anything to me. The less famous one's in Smallville? Aaron? I don't know. 
the one they... Aaron's from Smallville. I don't know. Aaron's we from don't Smallville. know where Ashmore's. Uh, yeah, we like them both yeah, a lot. They're twins. I don't know. Uh, Chillerama. He did a piece yeah. in which that would be a super fun and grindhousey. Yeah, love it. And then Hatchet Two, Hatchet Three, and Digging Up the Marrow. If you haven't seen Digging Up the Marrow, it is a trip because it's a found footage movie that he did in collaboration with artist Alex Pardee. Yeah, Alex Pardee. And so it's all weird art of Alex Pardee's monsters that he turns into real-life monsters. And and they basically, like, find out that they live beneath just the surface of our Earth. So they all exist on, um, like, on the planet. Um, but, like, the whole inspiration for it was Alex Pardee's art. So it's a very interesting collaboration. Um, I, I love Adam Green. I think he is super just a horror fan and it bleeds through in all of his work and he he is like i i think he shows a lot of um range because whereas hatchet is like your uh kind of splatter gore slasher movie frozen is not at all like that it's a slow build tension mm-hmm. um spiral is a hardcore psychological uh thriller and then digging up the marrow was his take at found footage and to me was one of the best and better found footage movies to come out in the last like when, when we're getting heaps of found mm-hmm. footage movies thrown at us i it was one of the only ones i enjoyed the year it came out um and he also wrote almost all those movies he wrote this movie too um wow good job adam green yeah good job thumbs buddy. up uh yeah and my friend tommy's met him twice and said both times he was just super like wanted to talk to him wasn't rushing him or anything just talking to him about movies autographed everything he had just so seems like a an awesome guy uh joel david moore is in this he's a goofy looking guy goofy looking star so i feel like we should tell the anecdote about us watching this so you know as we're saying we were watching this in like a big group for my birthday and ryan and i were both sober um and actually a lot of us were sober yeah. Most like, of us were sober. Most people were sober. There were yeah. a couple people who were, were like... Very, very drunk. Yeah. It was like there was almost completely sober, two beers in, or smash. Yeah. That was our level of watching it. And I want to say there's maybe at this point like 13, 14 of us. Yeah. And Joel David Moore looks like... I don't know. I don't know um, who you guys thought he looked like. Someone. No, he is. He's, so he's not in Avatar. I kept asking, is the guy from Avatar? He is in Avatar. That's why and we bones. got confused. No, he's not. Oh, fuck. I'm confused now. <laughs> you guys were, thought he was someone else, and I was like, it's not that guy. And you're oh, like, no, but no. it is Okay, we thought it was the guy from Cabin in the Woods. Yes. He looks like the guy from Cabin in the Woods a little bit. Right. I don't know why. Then I looked at I the picture. I think it picture. was his hair. Yeah, something. Yeah, he had like the, the shaggy swoop, hair, sweat, yeah. shaggy hair, and the little bit of this. yeah, yeah. The... So something about like their hair and their goatee. Because then when I looked up a picture of the guy from Cabin in the Woods, like the stoner, I was like, oh yeah, no, okay, it's definitely not him. But for sure is the guy who is in Bones and then also in Avatar, right. which is how I know him. And he's I've never starting seen Grandma's, Grandma's Boy, Boy, which is how I know. That's him. how everybody yeah. else. But as we're watching it, it was just like a progression of. What do I know that guy? Who's that guy? So B is the first one. She's like, who is that guy? And I was like, he's in this and this. And she's like, I haven't seen Grandma's Boy. And I was like, I don't know then because I never saw Avatar. She's like, isn't he an Avatar or Bones? I'm like, those are the two things on the planet <laughs> that I don't watch. So I don't know. And then we look it up and we're like, oh, that's who it is. And then like 10 minutes later, someone's like, hey, 
who is that guy? And I was like, he's in this. And they're like, no, that's not what I know him from. And I'm like, well, I've looked up his entire filmography at this point, so let me just run down the list for you. He was in this, he was in it. And then, hey, is that the guy from Avatar? Oh, my God, yes. We have had this discussion. I, No kidding, at least four people. Yeah, it did happen. And then somebody was, like, looking it up on their phone. And they're like, oh, this is the guy from Grandma's Boy. And then we just looked at each other like, yes, that has been discussed. And then also there is a character in this. I did not get his name. He's an older gentleman. Um, oh, yeah. And he played – he was – he, he was – Grounded for Life. Yeah, he was, like, most well-known for we Grounded for know. Life. We yeah. all knew that. We're like, yeah. oh, it's the dad from Grounded but, for Life. But B's friend Kayla – was it Kayla? It was Kayla. Out of nowhere, it's like, that guy was in Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And I was like, really? And she's like, yeah, no, I know it. So I'm like, really? And she's like, I just feel like he was definitely in it. So I look it up. He was in one episode ever of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And she was just able to pull that fact. I was like, how? How did you, like, remember that one guy? And then I think Ben knew it, too. Well, okay, Ben and I did just watch Sabrina the Teenage yeah, but he was all like, the way through. He did say, he's like, I know that guy from somewhere. And we're like, Grounded for Life, he's like, somewhere else. And then you were like, well, he was in Sabrina, but only one episode. Ben's like, yep, Sabrina. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck, man? How? How is this happening? And like, I also just watched it, and they like said the name of the ca- the character that he plays. And I'm like, I don't remember that. Y'all crazy. Yeah, no, I tried to like look up what happened that episode. But they both were able to remember he was in one episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch from like 1999. Yeah. I don't even know. That was like the just the progress of watching this film was just a whole lot of what is that guy from and then amara zaragoza um that is her actual name she goes by tamara feldman um plays mary beth dunstan who is like the female protagonist of this movie also in like nothing but the whole time everyone's like i know her from something and i'm like she's not in anything like she's literally everybody thought she looked like the girl from fear the walking dead yeah, which I don't watch again, so I was like, I don't know. And Ryan doesn't watch anything, obviously. Uh, no, I just don't watch crap. So <gasps> I'm not going to watch Animated Ferngoli, like high-key Animated Ferngoli, and I'm not going to watch Fear the Walking Dead because I hate Walking Dead. So the other one, I... I'm, Just spewing a lot of hate. I would watch Bones. <laughs> I would definitely watch Bones. Yeah, I, Bones is good. I like David Boreanaz. Yeah, I um, mean, it's hard. Yeah, it's, it's a procedural, but, you know, I watch, like, I watched it until... I can pick, like, one at a time. I yeah. can't watch more than one procedure at a time. But she was in the show Perfect. Is that the show? Did Which you write show? that? Perfect? I don't know. I didn't write that. You I wrote didn't, that. I did not write that. Yeah, you did. I didn't. I didn't do the cast. You did the cast. So I wrote... Per- I don't know what that's wrote. <laughs> and uh, she was in Smallville. But, like, a couple... Like, like, like two like, episodes yeah. or something. Um, I don't remember. The biggest name is definitely Kane Hodder, as we discussed. He plays Victor Crowley and also Victor Crowley's father, Mr. Crowley. He doesn't ever get a first name. Best known for being Jason in uh, three, four uh, sequential movies. So he was in New Blood, Takes Manhattan, Goes to Hell, and X. Uh, so very, very well known in the horror genre. He cameos a ton. Um, but he was in Chillerama. He was in that old school DVD, or not DVD, that VHS um, movie, Project Metal Beast, that has been popping up a bunch lately. Um, he's in Leslie Vernon. He has a cameo in there. Like, he literally cameos all of the time. So he's pretty much been in, like, every Adam Green movie. Um, and, and a lot of, any movie that you see, like, where they pull... Um, where, they, where they're pulling, like, horror icons. Like, if Robert Englund's in a movie as a cameo, it's a good it's a good guess that so is Kane Hodder. Um, Dion Richmond as Marcus. He plays the best friend of Ben. That's Joel David Moore's character. He was in Scream 3, 
Um, he's also in Not Another Teen Movie as the token black guy. Um, and in Scream 3, he's uh, one of the actors who's playing in mm-hmm. Stab 3. Yeah. Um, I don't... He, he plays the Randy character, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, he does. He plays the Randy character. Um, also, look at this picture of Timothy Oliphant. What's going on? He was looking at Scream Three, and Timothy Oliphant's hair is just ridiculous. Also, not in Scream Three. Yeah, that's Scream Two. Uh, Tony Todd is Reverend Zombie. He has a little more than a cameo. He kind of does like the whole setup. He's the one who breaks down the legend of Victor Crowley when they're in Louisiana, um, and he like owns the Bayou, uh, the Bayou tours that they go on. Robert England has a cameo as Samson. That is the main. Uh, Mary Beth Dunstan's father, and then Adam Green cameos um, in the movie. So he is one of the friends that they're hanging out with and get separated from. So, uh, not a star-studded cast unless you're a horror fan. Oh, then and it has reckon- Harmony from Buffy. Yes, don't uh, forget about Harmony. Yeah, can't forget about her. So yeah, unless you're a horror fan, you're probably not recognizing a lot of these faces. But if you're a horror fan, you're like, oh, I know that guy and that guy and that guy and that girl and that guy. So or you're our group of friends and you're like, where do I know that guy? Oh, Grandma's Boy. Apparently, that's just a movie I missed out on. I like Grandma's Boy. What is that th- about? You would hate it. Oh. It is about a guy who is a video game developer and he has to move in with his grandma uh, and her two roommates. Uh, and it's made by Adam Sandler's production. Company. Uh, yeah. Um. The subgenre, we're going to classify it to me. Uh, I would say it's a hack and slash slasher or an American slasher. Um, a lot of things that like make something distinctly American is the amount of gore that yeah. is in it. And this is definitely that. I Because it's not like a summer camp slasher because it's not. Mm-mm. So, but it, it does get, you get those vibes from it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, because of the setting. Um, but... Hmm. It's but it's not. So I I put American slasher because I think that's the the thing that it most lends itself to, and it calls itself that even on the cover of of yeah. the movie. Um, and then like yeah, kind of in the vein of Texas. Yes, yeah. And then I put a hack and slasher because it's very very like it's a like a splatter gore movie. So yeah. <clears throat> um, we usually try to pick an iconic weapon, and I thought when we launched this podcast, I was like every slasher has an iconic mm-hmm. weapon. Not so much, like yeah. It seems almost like we have to be like kind of, yeah. maybe, but then they use this way more. So you think a hatchet would be? It's not. He uses it once. Um, it, yeah, it's, he uses his body. Yeah, he is. He so Victor his, Crowley like, is a giant. He's a giant deformed swamp monster. Ghost. Yeah, he's just, he is literally he's a swamp, a swamp ghost. ghost. But he, the so the story of Victor Crowley is giant swamp ghost body is our weapon. Yeah, so the story, the story of Victor Crowley and like the kind of the movie is this guy and his friend are in Louisiana and um, Joel, who's this guy? Joel David Moore's character is trying to get over his ex. So he goes to Louisiana and they're going of course, like his name is Ben. They're going for um, Mardi Gras and he's just not feeling it. So he convinces his friend to go on this swamp tour. And that's when they learned the legend of Victor Crowley, which is there was this kid and he was born and he was like deformed and um, the mother dies and the father's raising the kid and like truly loves the child and raises him right. But um, he grows up to be this huge monstrous like hulking figure and he hides him in his house. Well, these kids are messing with Victor Crowley one day and they accidentally light the house on fire. So as the father is trying to break in because the door is slammed, um, Victor Crowley's up against the door. He uses a hatchet and he accidentally kills his own child. 
Um, so he dies. It literally says he dies of heartbreak. And then Victor Crowley's ghost now haunts the swamp. Um, this is the scariest ghost <laughs> in the sense of like being able to be co- corporeal and grab you and and murder you <laughs> like most ghosts are creepy because it's like ooh, that's creepy like they walk ooh, through walls and, and they pop up out of nowhere and they usually look kind of weird and creepy no victor crowley like look go look him up he looks like jason on steroids yeah and you know just like with overalls on and his head is like and it, it's great because it's all practical his head is all just like misshapen and he can't talk. He just, like, screams. And he... The one thing I do love about this is he runs all over oh the place. Oh, my God. So much running. He so runs much running everywhere. Like, he, like, shakes his head. Oh, He's yeah. Like, yeah. Like a dog. He's a very animated yeah. killer. Like, so like much it. more... I, I like it, too. It's one of the reasons I love Freddy. Because, like, yeah. as much as I mm-hmm. love my, like, you know, Michael Myers, I love Freddy so much because he's so animated. Like, mm-hmm. he's talking and, like... Victor probably can't talk, but he's just, he's, he's running around and he's throwing things and he gets upset and he's like howling at the moon because he's annoyed that he can't catch these guys. And like, it's just. Yeah. What is the kind of the banshees? Like, what are the ghosts that howl? Yeah. Banshees. Yeah. 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 So he's a a swamp banshee. He's a swamp banshee. (laughs) I mean, yeah, they're harbingers of death and he definitely is. Um, yeah, so I, I, the backstory is a little wonky because he is a ghost. (laughs) Um, and he, he like, he does die in a lot of these movies. He doesn't die in this one, but like they're, they spend time trying to damage and kill him because it seems like he does have some sort of physical form. So that doesn't make a lot of sense. I'm not asking for this movie to make a lot of sense though. Whereas like with something like Silent Night, Deadly Night, when we went into it and I love the backstory and like understanding the motive for a killer Mm -hmm. with something like this, this is all I need. Like mm-hmm. I only like I don't I don't need to know if J- why Jason is coming back to life all the time. I just he he died and he's vengeful. He's a vengeful spirit basically. Yeah. Like he died because no one was watching him, and now he comes back to murder the people that weren't watching him. Yeah, I'm cool with that. And that mm-hmm. this is very much in That's that same yeah. vein. Yeah. Um. So I I love Victor Crowley. I think anytime I see the discussion pop up online and like who are modern day like icons i always throw him in the mix because i definitely think that he is um the body counts 11 which i think is actually pretty high mm-hmm. I, yeah it's about average i feel like we're always it's like the eight to nine like nine i think we had for a couple i'm I, i'm gonna it, start keeping remind me i'm gonna start keeping a list of, of just body the body yeah because i feel like this is our highest I'm going to put it on our list, body count on that, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like this is our highest. And the best part, too, is a lot of movies we watch, the body count's a little higher, but the kills happen off screen. None of the kills happen off screen on this movie. Um, a few people die off screen. But then you see their body. Uh, no, even that. I mean, just the father and the brother are the only ones that are kind of killed off screen. But other than that, like. Because well, he starts striking body parts. Yeah, yeah. So even then, it's like it's not super off screen. Like they're like it's not like in some of the slashers we've watched where someone just disappears and they open a closet later and their body's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first person to die <clears throat> is Mary Beth's father, who is swamp uh, fishing, and they're illegally swamp fishing. Um, so it's him and his son, uh, and they are both ripped apart. And, um, one of them is literally torn in half, and then their bodies are are discovered later in Victor Crowley's cabin. Uh, the next kill we see is actually Victor Crowley himself, 
when the tour right. guide is telling the story of the legend and that's when kane hodder's father character hits his son in the face with the hatchet uh the next two kills are fantastic so what's so like uh what i really enjoyed about this was like they were able to really diversify the cast by making it so it's like this kitschy tourist thing because like they have an elderly couple that are yeah. there to full-on experience like the tourism of louisiana um and then there's uh ben and his friend marcus who are like younger like you know in their mid-20s they're there uh, for mardi gras yeah they're there for mardi gras ben is very much looking to just get over his ex and marcus is um marcus is there just to be with ben but he's also like kind of trying to hook up with girls uh there's like this skeezy producer guy who is recording these women who continually get topless throughout the entire movie I, for the website it was called like beaver something about something beavers, beavers. <laughs> yeah it was definitely Basically, girls gone beaver. wild but yeah. it was like something having to do with beavers which yep. i just thought was really excellent yeah and so and the like the girls hate each other and they like totally hate taking their boobs out but they like think they're gonna get famous so they keep doing it um and then you have your boat guide who um is actually in <laughs> funnily enough he's in all of the movies the actor is not the character um and he is an asian american character and he's one of the leads of the new movie so cool to see that like that diversity there um and i think that's the whole yeah that was everyone who's in the oh and then mary beth herself so mary beth is the one who her father and um, brother were killed and she is trying to kill victor crowley so she's out for revenge um and so she kind of takes over as the lead character even though we start with ben and it moves yeah, on to her. to her and two and three are solely based around her where they change actresses and it becomes uh scream queen danielle harris uh which totally threw me off because i watched one and two back to back and i was like that is not the same person that is definitely i know who danielle harris is so yeah i was so i haven't seen three or victor crowley um yeah, i've seen, seen, seen two um i've only seen two once but it had been like i used to get like netflix dvds and so that's how i got hatchet and then i you know returned it and then waited to get hatchet too um and with the the time span which wasn't that long but maybe like a week or so two weeks i started watching it and this was i watched it probably pretty recently after it came out like when i was starting to really get into horror Mm -hmm. um and starting to like explore it like on my own and realized that i really love slashers and i'm starting to like watch like that's when i first started watching like the burning and sleepaway camp and like all that stuff and it's when like my late high school years and uh i remember getting it and so i knew who danielle harris was like i was familiar with her but it wasn't like now where i see her face i know exactly who she was i was so confused i was like i don't think that's the same girl and all right and like of course technology wasn't as like insane as it is now then what was it what's the term that ben used for us as millennials he said we're like we're not dial-up millennials but no like it's, that's what he said he was yeah but then he said that's the term it's yes. like people no it was called like wired or something because yes. i knew what it was like to have wired internet yeah or some, something like something that, yeah. to do where the type of millennials who have always had technology but like have we, had it we had dial-up we, we had, had dial-up yeah so yeah, yeah so if you didn't know what that was, internet was just slower, okay? Yeah. IMDb wasn't always the resource it is today. No. 
uh yeah no i i definitely like remember watching back to back and at that point i knew who daniel harris was yeah. and i was like that is not this other girl for yeah. sure because what halloween rob zombies halloween came out in what Oh, six or oh seven. Yeah. So, so like time. right around the same yeah. time. Yeah. Especially because I bought this on DVD. I didn't see it like theatrically or anything. Um, so the, the next kill is, um, the tour boat after it crashes, it's basically, literally, it's just them wandering through the swamp, yeah. trying to get away, away from Victor Crowley. So, um, because they, because she's at first they don't really believe it's just like a legend and then they realize that they're kind of being conned by the... The bayou boats. The bayou yeah. boats. And then, like, it's... God, the what is the girl's name? Mary Beth. Mary Beth is like, no, this is for real. Then she, like, starts kind of exposing, like, Victor Crowley's real to kill my family. And then we start going... That's sort of, like, the, when the shift happens. Like, after the boat crash and yep. they're like, oh, no. Like, maybe we should be worried. And so after the boat crashes, they're like getting off the boat because it's sinking and it's an older guy from Grounder for Life gets hurt. And so they're going through the woods and they're like, oh, look at that cabin. We'll go up there. And the and Mary Beth's like, don't go up there because that's definitely Victor Crowley's cabin. And they're like, we don't believe in that nonsense. Yeah. So they're walking up there and Victor Crowley just charges out full tilt, cuts the man fully in half with a hatchet, which is our... Um, I actually know it's an axe because our one hatchet kill is no it is our one hatchet kill yeah so it cuts him in half with a hatchet and then <laughs> rips his wife's face, face in half but he like, like opens her mouth like <laughs> like you're like with your dog what you do with your dog when you're trying to like force a pill down its mouth and you to like grab yeah, their snout you grab and the top it. jaw and yeah. the bottom jaw and then he just kept going and he rips her whole face so it's not and like it's, he grabs her in the middle of her head no, no, and rips no. apart he it's grabs her, her top and bottom jaw and rips her face and these <laughs> practical effects i think okay so kayla bless her is like not she like likes the walking dead and she likes some you know, she likes horror stuff, but she can't handle, like, the gore. And so she can handle, like, she thinks this is fun. She does get scared really easily. But the whole time, like, and she would just watch us. She's like, oh, it's really fun just to watch your guys' reactions. I couldn't watch the TV. Like, she's watching all of us watch that, and Ryan and I are like, yeah! Oh, yeah, And definitely. I think Dalton's spouting off, like, oh, God, this oh, yeah. is the he worst was, thing yeah. I've ever that seen. Looks, oh, look at the, because this is the part where blood literally just starts flying like, at the yeah. trees, and, like, yeah. like trees Organs, are splattered. Yeah. Yeah, and Organs are being yes. hit with the trees. Yeah, so, and I love it. I, oh, it's I so eat good. it up, because, it, especially because sometimes that stuff is played for laughs or played for like cheap thrills this was not that like this was out of like you can tell adam green is doing it out of a love for the genre and like out of victor crowley yeah being a crazy swamp banshee yeah and just ripping apart these old people yeah and so oh man when he rips her face in half i was just like yes spoiler alert my favorite kill oh easily mine so good there's one other there How is one other. But... Her, like, skin, like, slowly tears. Yeah, yeah. It, like, stretches. It's just... The practical effects in this Ugh. are fantastic for a slasher. Like, so good. Um, I did not get the name I'm of the guy did special right effects. Now. Yeah, so good. Um, so now they're, like, full tilt afraid. Like like I said, the rest of this movie is literally the, just them running through the woods trying to avoid Victor Crowley. Um, the next one to die is Sam Barrett slash Doug Shapiro, who um, is the host of the, uh, of the tour. Um, his head is twisted off. So he, Victor Crowley grabs his head and twists it around. And as he does, like B was just saying, like the effects 
are so good, like, because his neck stretches first. It doesn't just tear. It stretches with his with it, and then it slowly rips and tears as he turns it fully around, and then he uh, rips it off. We got a name. Oh, quite a few people. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole oh, team. Oh, that was the one quoted. Well. I saw that. John Carl uh, Buckler. Buckler. He was the one I saw quoted a lot for oh. it. Oh, he did Freddy's, Freddy's Dead, Dead. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 4, Miner's Massacre. Ooh, Ginger, Ginger Dead, Dead Man. Man. There you go. That's right. a real winner. Hey, guess what, guys? We will never cover that movie on this podcast. No. I yeah. refuse. I'm a fan of the genre. I refuse to torture myself for no oh, reason. Oh, Ghoulies Go to College. Kane Hodder was also in that. Halloween 4. Oh, Indiana Jones and the Lost Crusade. Yeah, so uh, definitely great special effects. Um, and, and yeah, it really just kicks off full, like just full on once this starts going. Um, Jenna is one of the like girls, uh, who keeps flashing everyone. Uh, this was a close second to my, uh, favorite kill. Her jaw is torn off with a belt sander. Um, so he literally like sands her jaw off and then he impales her on the tail end of a shovel. Mm-hmm. Uh, also very good. Mm-hmm. Um, the next girl has her head just ripped off and then we kind of finish up the movie uh, it comes down to just Mary Beth Ben and Marcus uh, Crowley manages to catch up to all three of them in the graveyard and uh, gets Ben or gets Marcus who has his head he kind of just tosses him around for a while if you've ever seen that um, GIF yeah I'm one of those um, who of uh, Jason smacking people in the trees with when they're in the sleeping bag uh, kind of like that but he's just like hitting them against tombstones and he smashes his head into his tombstone and I really like how the movie ends because the movie ends as a total play to Friday the 13th mm-hmm. um, so he jumps out of the water yeah so he jumps out of the water and Mary Beth goes under and she's like drowning and an arm comes down because ben was in the boat with her and an arm comes down to grab her and it's ben's arm and so she grabs it and she's pulled up and it's crowley holding ben's arm because he's ripped ben's arms off in and he's in the boat and that's how the movie ends yeah um and two starts off right then two starts off with her coming yeah yeah, coming out of the water like blood soaked coming out of the water and then yeah um We'll watch two eventually and get around to it, but that one's really good too because it, it it's like a manhunt for Victor Crowley. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is usually the part where we talk about our favorite kill, which we have both said already is definitely the uh, like rip in half. Like, I just love some good gore effects. Yeah, me too. I think sometimes like some people are like, oh, too gory, and I'm like, I don't really care. Just like I, as long I don't as think it's that's possible. as long as it's good. Yeah, man. Like. I love an Evil Dead when it rains blood. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's one of my favorite. Yeah. Or or in, or in a Nightmare on Elm Street when Johnny Depp gets sucked into the bed and it's just it's a, like a, a waterfall of blood. blood. Yeah, like, those are some of my favorite parts. So, like, yeah. all of the gore on this was fantastic. And that was where it kicks off. And it's also just the, the sand, um, the, yeah, the, what is it called? The belter. Or not the belt sander. That was good. The belt. The belter. Um, the belt sander was really good. Yeah. Uh, and the head twist off was really good. But just I can't get over. Like B said, it's just like her. Like her sinew is coming apart. Yeah. It's it's pretty disgusting. And then her in, like, like tongue. The coolest way. You can like see yes. her tongue. It's yeah. like shaking. Yeah. It and was. It's really good. Yeah. 
Uh, and also, I like, just I love just that, want to watch that scene over and over. I love and that watch they take it. like that chance too. Like she's like fifty years old, yeah, and she's like just this fifty-year-old older, older yeah. lady wearing like a visor, and she's yeah. like take a picture of her husband, and like now nah, we're just gonna rip this lady. We're gonna rip her face in half, yeah. Um, because that that's another thing you don't see a lot either, especially elder abuse. Yeah, like they're uh, they're not they're like in their sixties. Yes, yeah. yeah. So it's it's like interesting to see like that too. Um, and I. Yeah, I loved it. I like, yeah, I like <clears throat> your point about bringing together, like, I didn't really think about that. That's always, you know, I love a teen screen where getting, like, a group of friends together. But I also think there's something really interesting when you are able to naturally bring a diverse group mm-hmm. of people together um, in a horror movie like that. I think it always creates, like, really interesting dynamics. And it also plays in, obviously, there's no who done it about this film. Mm-hmm. It's not one of those slashers. Um, we're not curious who is doing the killing. We right. know who it is. But you still have that level of distrust, distrust between all of the characters. And so when you're fighting for your survival and you're fighting from a crazy, monstrous ghost, mm-hmm. you're if you're a group of friends, you know, you're more likely to be stopping and helping each other and do that. And so oh, this yeah, creates a much... Like, yeah. No, they're just like out for themselves. And mm-hmm. so it just creates a different dynamic <clears throat> that I think is you know really nice to see yeah adam green does a good a good job with that too because it is like he does a good enough job of building like the two girls that are together totally hate each other and Mm -hmm. are willing to let the other ones die like marcus is totally like his character is played up really well like he is all about survival for himself Mm -hmm. like there are numerous times where he runs and hides by himself and they have to like look into like where'd marcus go um they always they play ben like your typical like good guy like mm -hmm. be friends marry beth like Mm -hmm. all right like i'm gonna help her like i'm not only am i gonna help her survive but i'm sort of help her see if her dad and her brother are alive and and she does eventually she does become our final girl and it's Mm -hmm. it's actually really smart how it's done and it might not get recognized enough for that is like ben is legit our our main character yeah for the whole movie Mm -hmm. and then it swerves and she becomes the final girl and if two hadn't come out it wouldn't have been as impactful but she is the main character of two Mm -hmm. and three I think three. Um, not, I'm not 100% sure now. But for sure, she's the main character of two. And, like, it's interesting to see that that swerve take place. Because we start with him and, like, she becomes an ancillary character. And she becomes, like, a uh, she has a motive. But she doesn't, like, replace him as the main character until literally the last 30 seconds of the movie. Yeah. But she very clearly replaces him as like the the titular, not titular, but the main protagonist of the mm-hmm. film. So I think that was a really smart move too. Um, and she becomes like a, a solid final girl. Yeah. Um. It, uh, it's positioned in the horror landscape. I'd say like this movie, especially at the time, because I re- like I distinctly remember when it came out, and I it was like right when I started like paying attention to like being like people online talking about things it's right around the time when i started like trying to freelance and like looking at places like shock till you drop bloody disgusting uh fear net like things like that and i like i remember the positive fanfare and it did kind of like like it was very different than anything else at the time because we were still in a post scream like area of time like nothing had come 
other horror movies had come and taken over like j-horror was huge Mm -hmm. uh, like j-horror remakes and then um found footage had started to like really come in and like so those were like our big horror things this is before our remake of either nightmare or friday or halloween or halloween Yeah. yeah so it kind of was like you know the first sign that we were getting a turn back like towards the more traditional style slasher not the so much like uh meta like kind of like um you know like it, it's so hard to classify because you say you just say post scream like everyone yeah. when you say post scream people know what you mean but it's so hard to classify exactly what type of slasher that is but it was a very like a very to me like smart dialogue like well written who done it yeah who done it like uh you know very very teen teen scream um so this was very much a departure from any of that uh and it was i remember when i went and bought it and i just enjoyed like i love the hell out of it because it was so different than anything i was watching at the time and to to me i i mean i definitely will sit down one of these days and do just like a back-to-back watching of the friday 13th movies but I think I probably like it more than almost all of them um, as far as just, like, level of fun that that it has with itself. Like, I'm not saying it's, like, better made than all of them because some of those movies have, like, ridiculous budgets. It was one of the hugest movies, like, franchises at the time. But, like, just the amount of fun it has with itself. And, like, now that I think about it, like, I bet Kane Hodder probably enjoyed that too because he's like, oh, I get to be Jason, but I get to run after people. And yeah. then, like... You know, Jason always has had cool kills, but, like, he's not ripping people in half. Um, So, I don't think... It's not, like, a horror slasher that... It's not a slasher you're going to mention to, like, a casual moviegoer and they're going to know what you're talking about. No. Any hardcore slasher fan is going to know what it is. It's not, like, a Blood Rage where it was, like, this hidden gem and it took a long time to become accessible. No. Uh, It's been around. People know it. Adam Green is a very big name in the community, and I think it's very well regarded. Uh, I wouldn't say it was like the turning point. It's not what made the studios go. We should probably look at these American slasher movies again. Yeah, and we see should what probably we, re- we should probably do remakes of My Bloody Valentine and Halloween and Friday yeah. the Thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Street, which all came in so, so, 2007, yeah. 2008, 2009. Yeah, so it's definitely not like the turning point, no. but it definitely was a step away from the slasher that we had come to know mm-hmm. um where's our list i need to look at our list for this oh it's right here it's okay. right there the only it's uh happy death day's one i slacked it's not on there okay so happy death day so our, our current list is happy death day urban legend silent night deadly night most likely to die blood rage and terror train um oh boy yeah, this is hard. It's really hard because I, like, it. it's such a different slasher uh-huh. than Urban Legend. And it's one of the first ones that we've really watched that, I mean, Silent Night, Deadly Night doesn't have a whodunit aspect, but it's so, like, so much of it is, like, building the character. This and is our first, like, slasher icon type. It's our first really? slasher icon type, and it's also our first, like, like, hack and slash yeah um it's it's it doesn't have like the more like i feel like these these kills aren't subdued per se but like this is definitely more over the top 
So it's hard for... It's hard to judge in our list because it is so different from every single one we've talked about. But which is so funny because, you know, it it is like a callback to, you know, the genre and the American slasher and, you know, Jason and... But we haven't talked about this yet. Right. And it's funny too because like we... Obviously, we're both obsessed with Scream. And so we talk about that style of slasher a lot. Uh Uh-huh. But there are, as crazy as it is, like, you know, like, slasher is a genre of horror. Well, there are different genres of slasher. And it is a very different genre of slasher than we've normally looked at, too. Mm -hmm. And something we'll look at more. Like, this is something I want to put up against, like, The Burning. Or some of the Fridays. Um, Or even, like, the Halloween remake, I feel like, has the same kind of, like, savageness and brutality as this. Uh, Yeah, I mean, Happy Death Day is a... Like, no, they're all whodunits. Except Silent Night, Deadly Night. Except for Silent Night, Deadly Night. It's the only one that's not. Yeah. I Which mean, we loved because yeah. the backstory is so well developed. Of the character. And this isn't about the backstory. What I also really liked when I watched the trailer, because I don't know if I've ever seen it, but the whole trailer for Hatchet is a like little girl explaining who Victor Crowley is oh, and cool. what happened. So I think that does a really good job. It almost like is... Uh, not a prequel, but um, like a prologue to the film. The trailer works that way because it's giving like the oral history of like why Victor Crowley is who he is. It ticks because... so many of my boxes. Yeah. Because like it, like I love I I like I love the setting. I like mm-hmm. a swamp, and I think he does a great job. Like I love the fog, and like they're actually in the boat in the water, which I really enjoy. Okay. I love folklore, like. Folklore tales are su- super fun, and the cameos are fantastic, and the kills are great. But it's like, I look at these movies, and I'm like, oh, this movie had, like, cool motive, yeah. cool killer, and I'm like, well, this is different. I don't know how to, it's like, it's literally comparing, like, football to baseball. I'm like, both have their merits. I don't know how to, like, I can't be like, the Patriots are better than the Braves. I'm like, well, they're different in sports. I don't know what is happening here. Um, crap. Yeah, I don't know. I've been thinking about it, too. Like, and I'm just not really sure because you're right. It's it's so different. What's going to come down to, this is all about what we think is more successful as a slasher film. What we've already discussed is we tend to lend ourselves to the post-scream and the whodunit. We Mm -hmm. think those are Mm -hmm. really great and we enjoy how those get presented and think those are better slasher movies for that. It's just, it's hard to, like, like where the breakdown on that happens for me is, like, I think Halloween is one of the best movies ever made. And, like... And so is Nightmare. And both those movies have none of those elements of, like, the whodunit. We know, like, that character is established. They are given the, like, kind of like Crowley, that, like, mythic background story that everyone in town knows. Like, everyone knows who that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, Halloween's my second favorite movie. I mean, Michael Myers doesn't have that mythology so much until, like, Loomis is introduced. But, like, it's just, oh, it's so... Man. Man, man, man. I don't know. I... Because, like, I think it's more fun than Urban Legend. But I think it... I think... mm. And so we have Happy Death Day as number one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's better than Happy Death Day. I don't. I think it is more fun than... 
it's more fun, but it's not necessarily like we're gonna have this problem when we start getting to those like iconic slasher characters mm-hmm. because like Which is that's why we've been avoiding them. Yeah, that's that because it's even gonna happen when we get to burning with yeah. like Cropsy because that's when you get into those like okay, we know who it is from the beginning. Yeah. And so the way we've been breaking these down is like, how does the mystery unfold? Like, how, yeah. how does it affect the characters? How do what they react the to these things? How do we feel about our final girl? Yeah. Like, um, I think this movie's smarter than it appears. Uh, I definitely, okay, I definitely think it's better than Most Likely to Die. Yes. So to me, it is somewhere between Happy Death Day and Most Likely to Die. It's just where does it fall within that? I think, um, I think uh, third. I think after Urban, I think Happy Death Day, Urban Legend, Hatchet, Silent Night, Deadly Night. And I'm only going to say above Silent Night, Deadly Night because I think it's similar in the fact that we do know our killer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think this is a better killer. Yeah. Um, a more interesting killer with better kills. And his backstory, although not as developed, as developed, right. still just as valid. Yes, I am comfortable with that. So we are going to rank it third. It will be Happy Death Day, Urban Legend, Hatchet, Silent Night, Deadly Night. I'm I am comfortable with that. I because I think... I think Urban Legend is too smart. It is too slick. It has too good of a cast. Too good of kills. I just love the theme kills, man. No, the, the kills are just too good, yeah. too. They, it, we don't get the gore. It's like, like you said, apples and oranges, football yeah. and baseball. Right. But, you know, we have to compare them for what they are. And the kills in Urban Legend are just so spectacular with the theme behind them. Right. And then the entire movie that revolves around them is superior to Hatchet. I agree. Yes. So I'm a hundred percent comfortable yes. with that, but that was harder than I thought it would. Be. Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna now. It's going to get harder. It's gonna just yeah, start we're starting to have a sizable list because we're up to seven now. So no, we're up to yeah, that'll be seven. So cool. So we're gonna rank it third, um, and we will have that updated soon for you guys. And if you agree or disagree or ha- want to pick our brains again, you can reach out to us at Screaming Cast. Uh, or you can find B. Uh, she is at B not B. That's B E E not B E A. And then I'm at Ryan Larson. You can find both of our writing at ghastlygrinning.com, where we uh, write about horror all the time. Um, there's a lot of like opinion pieces on there as well as news pieces. And then B does do art for the movies that you can buy through the Keep Screaming website as well. If you can go, uh, we are on Stitcher. So you can find us on there. We applied to be on Spotify, but they're pretty stringent with their, like, applications. So who knows if we'll get on there. I think you have to have, like, a certain amount of episodes or a certain amount of followers. Yeah, you know, so the bigger we get. Yeah, the more it will help us out and get our name out there. Um, We're having a lot of fun. We're having a lot of, like, connections with you guys. And, like, lots of people have reached out and let us know that they like it. Um, And we love that and appreciate that. So thank you to everyone who's listening. Uh, If you can... Leave a review or subscribe or tell your friends about us. All of those things will truly, truly help us. And we would probably do this to an audience of zero, but I would much rather do it to an audience that just keeps growing. Yes. 
Um, so uh, I think we do have our next movie. Picked yeah. Out. So we, I think we have our next two. I think what we decided what we're gonna do, and if uh, anybody has any thoughts on that, again, you can let us know. So we are going to do both the original and the remake of My Bloody Valentine for yeah. both of our movies of February. I'm excited. So it'll be a My Bloody Valentine month. I haven't watched the original in a long time. I watched the remake a lot. Um, yeah. I mean, I've seen it recently, maybe like two or three years. I yeah, think I think I've that's seen, probably the last time. I actually, I've too. seen the re- the original more recently than I've seen the remake. I think I watched the remake like once a year yeah. at least. Because we, I love that cast. Yeah, I mean. Jensen Ackles. Yeah. Jensen. Yeah. Yeah. I I love it. My husband loves that movie, like to pieces. He loves it too. He likes the he likes the original as well, but he's definitely prefers. We're big supernatural fans too. Mm-hmm. So we we love the remake. So we're gonna do I think we'll, we're going to do, first episode will be the original, yep. and then in two weeks we're going to do the remake. And so the remake episode will probably be a little bit longer than normal because we'll discuss the two and how yeah, they compare exactly. and sort of their relationship. So we'll probably might be a little bit more subdued on that first episode because we're going to still talk about it a lot. But that's how I think we're going to do that. And I mean, with when we get to like the franchises where we're talking like, you know, Halloween and... Uh, nightmare and <laughs> Friday mm. the 13th like don't really know it's probably going to be a lot of like we'll talk about those later we're yeah, not going to double up uh, yeah we won't double up and we're not going to do like seven weeks no or seven episodes of Friday you no. know like that's not how we're going to do it um I think we're we did decide that we're not going to do a remake without doing the original yeah I think that's the best way to do it yeah um That'll be interesting it's hard. with Friday, because Friday is kind of one, two, and three in one movie. The remake It's is. one through four. Is it really? It's one through four. Wow. So, yeah, that'll be interesting when we get to that. But yeah. uh, that's coming eventually, someday. It will be here. Uh, keep reaching out to us. Let us know what you want us to watch. Yeah. We almost watched a movie called Lover's Lane. Oh, yeah. It's, which, it's happening. that will happen, because yeah, I'm it excited. looks fantastic. In the worst way possible. Yeah, I'm really excited. We're going to watch that one soon. Maybe Every once in a while, I look at the list. I'm like, this is going to be so hard. And then sometimes I'm like, I just want an easy one where I know right about where it's going to rank. And I think I know right about where it's going to rank. <laughs> um, but yeah, so thank you guys so much. And we will be back in two weeks with the original My Bloody Valentine. So if you guys want to um, watch it so you can chime in and let us know, yeah. we would also love that feedback. So thank you. Thank you. Bye.